don't know about you, I just get kind of tired watching that video uh, a little bit, but it is a good tired, uh, as you can tell. Uh, God's house was busting at the seams with joy and with energy uh, this week as we wrapped up another awesome week. Over 150 kids experienced the love of Jesus Christ. So praise God for that. That is awesome. And uh, as we always say, it's never about the numbers, but those numbers are important because they represent hearts that, that experience the love of Jesus Christ. And not only that, we had more volunteers than we've ever had uh, as well. And that's one of the many things that I love about Vacation Bible Schools. There's several times during the years we continue to grow as a church. It's easy as a church grows for us to kind of get split off and divided and all our you know, variety of services, our four services that we have during the week. It can feel like we're isolated in our own things. What I love about Vacation Bible School is that all out church effort. It literally takes the whole church being the church to do it. And so whether you are young or whether you're wise in your years and, and uh, beyond that, God used you like you were needed at VBS. It was the church being the church from song leaders to craft leaders uh, to skits to snacks to, to our highly trained security team that made sure we started, uh, ended the night with as many kids as we started uh, the night with. It's important that kids are safe. And we want this to be a safe place, not just physically, but spiritually for your kids uh, as well. That's why we do what we do. And so I, I, maybe for you, uh, it was something you experienced uh, during the week uh, that you maybe just lit up a little bit inside. I think that was the case for me uh, as well. I don't know when it was. I think it was Thursday, uh, maybe. I mean, usually it's Monday night where I'm, my body is saying, John, what are you doing to me? But it was Thursday night that I was sitting, <clears throat> laying up here on the stage after VBS uh, with uh, the rest of our volunteers that were kind of recapping uh, the night. And there was a few different thoughts that were running through uh, my head. Number one uh, was, I'm not sure that I can get up because I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm not 20 anymore. Uh, number two, uh, it was totally worth it. And number three, this one, this one surprised me. This one caught me by surprise, and maybe it did for you. I haven't had this much fun in a long time. And it wasn't so much about fun, ha-ha, happy. It was like this deeply rooted joy in knowing that I got stuff in my own life, in my personal life, just like you do, that's not perfect, that's not all put together, but it was this deeply rooted joy. And it was almost like in that moment, as I'm sweating and sweat is pouring into my eyes and stinging because of the fun that we had that night, God was saying, John, slow down and soak it in. Slow down and breathe it in. Be in this moment and experience the joy. Because sometimes what happens is we lose our joy as Christians and we forget how short life is. One of the things that I, many things that I love about VBS, and, and maybe for many of you, you've experienced this, uh, something in you this week lit up. I mean, I saw some of you dancing this week that I haven't seen you in worship raise your hands above your waist. Like something got a hold of you. I don't know what it was, and you haven't danced that much since disco fever hit. Okay, that was several decades ago, right? But something got into you, and I think it was the Holy Spirit, and I also think it was the joy of Jesus. It wasn't happiness. It was something deeper than that. Maybe, just like me, you were surprised by joy. You were surprised by joy. Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 15, verse 11. Let's read it nice and loud with some VBS enthusiasm up on the screen. Let's read it together. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy. Everybody say joy. And yes, that is your fearless leader, Jed Smith, a.k.a. Christian rock dude that really needed a haircut at Great Clips up there as well, having a little bit too much fun 
up there. It's joy. And notice Jesus says, I want your joy to be complete. Not half-hearted, not if we had a, a joy tank or a joy meter up here today, you know, at the bottom of the barrel or halfway. Like, I'll just survive. I'll just get through the week. I'll just get through this summer. I'll just, I'll just get by. No, Jesus says, I want your joy to be complete. And there's no asterisk on that verse that says, I want your joy to be complete as long as things are going well for you. The problem is, as Christians, so many of us say, when I'm up, I'm up, and when I'm down, I'm down. I'm going to let life dictate to me the roller coaster of life of how I'm doing from day to day. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus says, I want your joy to be complete. But unfortunately, we live in a culture where I think the assumption and the, the perception of us as Christians is that there's any, we're anything but full of joy. Often as Christians, we're no, known for more of what we're against than what we're for. And often you hear that perception of Christians being, well, we're just hypocritical, we're judgmental, we're boring. And I think maybe if we learned anything this week, and maybe what God wants to say to you this morning, whether you're at VBS or not, surprise. Surprise. There's so much more. There's so much more to this whole church thing, this whole following Jesus thing than what you think. One of our guests experienced that this past week. We encouraged our kids to invite, and boy, did they ever uh, invite as well. And so one family invited another family. I think that they're on the same soccer team or something like that. And the dad hadn't been to church in a long time. He really wanted nothing to do uh, with church. And he came to pick up uh, his kid, I think about halfway through the week, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, and he came to pick him up. And I, I don't know what perception he had of church, but it certainly wasn't what he experienced at VBS. I think he'd experienced VBS like back in the 80s at his church growing up. And there's nothing wrong with that. VBS can look a lot of different ways. We do it a little bit differently here, as, as you can tell. And so I don't know what kind of partying he'd done in his day, but he walked out and he told his family afterwards, and he's like, whoa, that was nothing like I expected. And he goes, I don't even, I don't even have words for it. It was, like a, it was like a Jesus rave in there or something. I don't know what was going on, right? I just love that. Like, because he was surprised by joy. And I just wonder this morning, what are your assumptions Every single one of us comes walking in here with, with, with assumptions about what church is and what following Jesus should be like. And I love BBS because so many of us were surprised by joy that maybe you don't have to walk around with an empty tank. It's something deeper than that. It's the joy of Jesus, particularly found in the church. Maybe it's time to give Jesus a second look. Maybe it's time to give this whole idea of church a second look. Maybe it's time to give the whole idea of serving a second look. What assumptions do you need to let go of? Oh, I'm just too busy. John, we're in this season of life. We got young kids and, you know, we're just shuttling them all around. I don't, I don't have time for that. It's irrelevant. It's boring. I don't have time. Whatever it is, maybe it's time to give church a second look. In fact, I've had uh, several people ask me, John, why do you, you certainly put a lot into it. I mean, there'd be a lot easier things to do than decorating your entire church like a Lego box. There's certainly easier ways to do this. Why are you going to all this work to do this, right? Why, why are you having this giant Jesus party in the middle of the summer? Everybody's supposed to be away from church, right? On vacation. Why do you go to this extent? Because there ain't no party like a Jesus party, amen? And if anybody is worth celebrating, it is the love of Jesus Christ, that there was a man named Jesus who lived and died and rose again so that we can experience eternal life that starts now and goes on forever. And I think that's worth having a party, amen? That's why we're doing what we're doing, okay? So that's why we're doing Vacation Bible School. That's why we're doing this thing called Taste of Hope. It's not about food. 
It's not about games. It's not about inflatables. It's not about silly songs and dancing all around. It's about the love of Jesus Christ. If anybody's worth celebrating, it's Jesus. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Slow down and breathe it in. That's what we're doing this weekend. Take time to celebrate because if you don't slow down and breathe it in, you're going to miss it. I don't know if Jesus taught me anything this week. It was that. you got to slow down. you got to breathe it in. We live in a world that is obsessed with what's next. And one thing that we don't do very well is live in the moment. Parents, you know this, right? The days are really long and it's hard to get through sometimes, but the years go by like that. And I've heard that as you get older, the years just go by quicker and quicker. If you're waiting for everything to be perfect to stop and celebrate, you're never going to be grateful. If you're waiting for a perfect moment in your life when everything in your personal life lines up for you to stop and have a party and celebrate, you're going to miss it. I mean, this place was a mess. Every, you should see our backstage. It's a mess, okay? But as we love to say, it's better to have a Jesus party and clean up afterwards than never have a Jesus party at all, right? It's worth it. That's why we do what we do. So we don't miss not just the fun and the joy, the deeply rooted joy that's available to you today in Jesus Christ. In fact, that's the message of the scripture that you heard read earlier from the book of Esther. Slow down and take time to celebrate. If you're new today, if you're just getting caught up, if you've been away for a while, we're doing a book a month here at Hope, and our month, uh, book for the month of July was the book of Esther. And so we've been reading through it, we're wrapping that up today. And if you need a little recap, Esther's in the Old Testament, and it's a, a story about a girl named Esther, who is this young girl that makes this huge influence on the, the nation, the people around her. She's an orphan. For some weird twist of events, she becomes the queen of, of, of Persia. She's living in a foreign land. And she uses her royal position and her influence to be an example to her country. She uses her royal position to literally save the lives and, and, and be a voice of influence to the king to stop this, this heinous plot to kill all of the Jews that are living under the reign of this evil King Xerxes at the time. And so she does this along with her, uh, with her cousin Mordecai. And so she saves the Israelites, and, and it's amazing. And, and they, they're able to fight back against their enemies, and that's kind of how the book of Esther ends up. And you might think if you read to this point that the book of Esther is like, this is like rated R stuff, right? There's a happy ending, though. Basically, life for Esther has been filled with fear and mystery and unknowns and completely unideal circumstances. And yet, watch this. Chapter 9, verse 20. Esther, chapter 9, verse 20. It says, Mordecai, Esther's cousin, recorded these events, okay, how God saved his people. And he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces near and far to have them celebrate annually the 14th, 15th days of the month of Adar, which that translates for us, scholars will say, kind of mid-February in there, as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies and the month when their sorrow was turned to joy. Everybody say joy. joy. And their mourning into a day of celebration. Then you skip down to verse 27. The Jews took it on themselves to establish this custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail, without fail, everybody say without fail, without fail, observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed, without fail, meaning nothing gets in the way of the celebration. And so for thousands of years to this day, the Jewish people, the Israelites, celebrate this festival called Purim. Everybody say Purim. Purim. 
So for thousands of years, they've been celebrating this, which is a little bit longer than we've been doing Taste of Hope. Uh, but they celebrated and they stopped. Mordecai says, what God has done for us is so amazing. Let's just stop right now and do nothing else but say thank you. I know not everything's perfect and not everything was perfect for them, but if we don't stop, we'll never be grateful. If we don't stop and realize the amazing things that God has done for us, we will never be grateful. Don't miss the most important thing that's right in front of you today. The joy of Jesus Christ is available for you today. And it might surprise you as well. What Mordecai and Esther learned is that the most important thing is right in front of us. God has saved us and he's worthy of our worship, whether we feel like it or not. So we're going to stop and we're going to celebrate this every single year. Usually, the most important things in life are right in front of us. I was watching a video uh, a couple years ago, some of you may have seen this before, uh, that really illustrates this point well. The most important things are usually right in front of us. I don't know if any of you have been to like a a sporting event where they have a kiss cam or something like that. Don't worry, we're not getting one out this morning. Um, They have this, you know, like during commercial breaks or the the halftime or something like that, they have the kiss cam going around. Well, watch what happens when one man in particularly is missing the most important thing, the joy that's right in front of him. Take a look. Okay, we need to talk about this, people, okay? I might have lied to you. In honor of Taste of Hope, we're going to bring out the kiss cam now. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that, right? Number one, dude, don't wear a Celtics sweatshirt to a Bulls game, okay? That's number one. Number two, the moral of the story is pay attention and kiss your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance, whoever it was, right? And number three, don't miss the joy that's right next to you. And some of you came here today. Some of you came to Vacation Bible School this week. You're like, oh, it's for the cute kids. And we're going to hear the kids sing. And it's VBS. And it's fun. And that's great for them and everything. And God says, it's for you. Yes, it's about the cute kids. This is about you and your joy. Don't miss it this morning. This is about your heart. Is your joy tank full? And if not, why not? Because maybe you're basing it on happiness and what life is throwing at you. The joy of Jesus Christ is available for you today. This is about your heart. And maybe Jesus wants to surprise you with his joy today as well. It's no wonder that when Jesus talks about this all throughout the New Testament, he's talking about something much deeper. In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, blessed are those who, blessed are those who. Other translation says, happy are those who. But I think we miss it in our modern translations. Scholars will say, if you take apart that word, it's makarioi. Everybody say makarioi. Kind of sounds like a pasta you might make or something, right? Makarioi, okay? If you kind of dissect that a little bit, it's deeper than that. A better translation would be this. God's untouchable joy, completely independent of life's circumstances and changes. Makarioi. That's the type of joy that Esther and Mordecai had when they started Purim. That's the kind of joy that was around this week. Everything is not perfect for them. Everything was not ideal. They're still living in Persia. They're still not even home. They still haven't defeated all their enemies, but they say, stop, let's have a party because God is worthy of our praise and our worship. 
Makarioi. That's the kind of joy that was present in the room this week at VBS. How do I know? Because the joy that was in this room was not based on our circumstances. One thing that the kids don't know, but I'll let you in on, there's a lot of church that happens during VBS that has nothing to do with VBS. In between up here making a complete fool out of myself, I'm running back to the tech booth to my cell phone to do a lot of pastoral care through text. (laughs) During the joy of VBS, one of our volunteers found out that his mom that was diagnosed with cancer about three weeks ago passed away last week. Right in the middle of VBS. Babies were born that there's complications and we don't know what's going on. Marriages are on the rocks. I know there's some of you that were pouring your heart and soul into loving these kids and things are really, really tough at home. And it didn't stop you. And don't get me wrong, there is a time to slow down. There's a time to stop. There's a time to weep. There's a time to mourn. But it did not stop you. I saw you serving with a Macarioi type of joy, a joy that the world can't touch. God says to some of you today, and some of you need to hear this, I know that your marriage is not as picture perfect as you try to make it out to be on Instagram. My joy is still for you. Today in particular, I know that for some of you as parents, when you're alone and you can get honest before God, you have serious doubts about your ability to be good enough as a parent. And you came every night for VBS and woo, and the whole bit, right? And inside, you're just a mess. God knows that. And his joy is still for you nonetheless. His joy is available for you today if you would open up your heart because it's a Macarioi type of joy. It's deeper than what the world can throw at us. Just like Esther, God has always used kids to point us in the right direction, to be examples of faith and the kingdom. In particular, there's a story in in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to that. If you need one, they're in the back as well. Flip from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Hop over to Mark chapter 10. And if you're new to the Bible, if you haven't cracked open a Bible in a while, there's no guilt in that. Uh, We love it that you're here. Mark is in the New Testament. So it's going to be in the back third of your Bible, back fourth of your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels that tell the story of Jesus' life. So there's this scene in Mark chapter 10. And we're going to pick it up in verse 13. Jesus is preaching. Now, if Jesus walked through those doors and started preaching, do you think you'd pay attention, right? Nobody's falling asleep then, right? Okay? So Jesus is preaching, and he's a pretty big deal, right? And he's kind of up on a mount like this, and he's got a bunch of his disciples and his followers uh, gathered around him, and he's teaching, right? So if Jesus is preaching, nobody interrupts God when he's preaching, right? Except kids. And that's what happens, right? As often as happened when I've been up here preaching sometimes, kids just wander up on stage and then they wander back, right? And that's totally fine. We love that, right? Well, that happened to Jesus. And his disciples are freaking out. It says that his disciples rebuked the kids, right? And you, you got to hand it to the disciples. They're just trying to do their part. I mean, Jesus is a big deal. He's the son of God. He doesn't have time to deal with sticky, smelly kids, Okay. They're probably annoying and they're interrupting some some really important sermon that Jesus is trying to give. And then watch what happens. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. People were bringing the kids for Jesus to touch them and the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, 
He was indignant. Not mildly upset, but anaganak teo. Anaganak teo. He was indignant, which means to feel deeply afflicted. Rarely do we see Jesus' righteous anger come out. It, it came out when he turned over the tables in the temple. And it comes out here when? When people aren't making kids a priority. Oh, wait, time out. Maybe this is bigger than just a one time of year thing. To stop and celebrate kids in the moment. And then Jesus says this in verse 14. Let's read it together, nice and loud up on the screen. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. It's really hard to miss. God is passionately in love with kids. Not just the ones that live around here, not just the ones that look like your kids or live where you do or talk where you do or come from where you, where you do. And where if we're going to be a church that's after God's heart, if we're going to be a church that looks like Jesus, kids at Lutheran Church of Hope will never be an afterthought. They're not a distraction from the main thing. They are the main thing. And they're not the future of the church. They're the church now. Have you had a Jesus rave this summer? You should. You should try it. It would be good for your soul. Kids will always be lifted up and celebrated as examples of faith. And because I had a front row seat to watching that this week, I wanted to share with you two quick things that I learned from kids. Jesus doesn't shove them aside. He, he takes those kids that come running up to me, up to him, he picks them up, he holds them up and says, do you want to know what it, what it looks like to be mature in your faith? Not to be childish. That's something completely different. Temper tantrums and the whole bit. Childlike. What's in the heart of a child that we can learn from? It's way bigger than VBS. It's about lifting up kids to the example. The first thing that I saw this week is passion. Everybody say passion. 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 <laughs> I had so much fun, I almost lost my voice. Passion, right? These kids came every single day with passion, ready to worship God. I saw kids, when they, families were pulling in the parking lot, I saw kids like literally jumping out of cars, not while they were moving, but jumping out of cars once they stopped and they were running here. There was this one little boy that was in the three-year-old group right up here in front, our youngest group, and he came every single day right down this aisle, and we learned all these moves during vacation Bible school, and so he did this little train, you know, the choo-choo shuffle, and he was doing like this, and then he kind of spun around, did a little happy dance, came over here, and then just sat right down in his chair. That's what he did every single day. Now, you might think that's silly, but I've never seen any of you do that, so... Something to encourage you with, right? It's not about goofiness. It's about what's in here. Every single day he came with passion. And some of you might say, cute, John, that's great for VBS. So what you're saying is, if you really want to be on fire for Jesus and really have passion for God, it's about being an extrovert. It's about being wild and crazy and jumping around up here. And that's not me. So I guess I don't have real passion for Jesus. Hear me say this loud and clear. Way more than energy. Way more than energy. Jesus is looking for hearts that are all in for him. That's what we can learn from the kids. Is your heart all in for him? I saw that in those of you that were volunteering this week, not just in our wild and crazy action leaders up here. Walk around the parking lot outside during recreation time, and there are some kids that struggle socially and they would sit on the side of the parking lot on the curb 
And I saw so many of you as volunteers, even though nobody would ever notice, and you'll never get credit for this, going and sitting down next to those kids and talking with them or opening up the Bible or doing chalk and just meeting them where they're at. That's passion. And it goes beyond vacation Bible. I mean, it's all the the behind-the-scenes things that you did. But it goes beyond VBS. It's those of you that were here way before any of us this morning making coffee and making breakfast for hundreds of us this morning. It's those of you that come up when everybody else leaves after worship and there's a few people that are brave enough to come up for prayer partners that stay up here and pray. That's deep. That's passion. Jesus is simply asking, is it real for you today? It's not about energy and excitement. It's about what's in here and letting that be an expressed However, so number one is passion. The second thing that I learned from the kids this week is openness. Everybody say openness. 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 Jesus lifts up kids because they're, they're willing to receive. They're, they're like sponges. And sometimes that can cause a little bit of trouble because we have to watch everything that we say up here from the front. Parents, you know this, right? They'll just believe it. They'll just take it in, right? So we do this little fun uh, spoof every single night. It's called the God's Love Spoof. In the middle of our songs, one of our song leaders will just call out and say, Lego dude, Lego dude, there's, there, there, there's, something, there's something up there. I see it, and we kind of point up to the ceiling because we're here in the worship center, and we point up there, and we pretend that God's love is this, which it is, this big and powerful force that's coming for us, and we tell all the boys and girls to, to get your arms out. So let's do it together. Everybody get your arms out. God's love is coming, and it's so big, and it's so powerful, and it's for you. So we're going to try to catch it, okay? And then we say, one, two, three, and God's love come. Everybody catch it. Oh, and it kind of knocks you down because it's so big, right? So what do we do with God's love, right? We put it in our heart. Everybody, you put it in your heart, right? You put it in your heart, and then it's so much that it overflows out of you, and so we give it away. So we'll say, give it away. You give it away to your friends. You give God's love away, right? And so I think, well, that's an innocent enough game. All the kids will love that, right? This is great. One of our volunteers overheard a mom talking to her young daughter uh, at the end of VBS one night, and she said, honey, what did you learn at VBS tonight? And she's just kind of standing there over, overhearing it. And this little girl goes, without even thinking about it, that, that, that God's love is so big. Jesus loves me so much. And God lives in the ceiling at church. <laughs> so we're going to work on that one a little bit. We're going to tweak that game a little bit. Here's what I want you to hear. Don't mistake simple for shallow. Some of you are like, John, can we move on from VBS and like get to the adult stuff? Time out. This is the adult stuff. John, can we move on from VBS and get to the deep stuff? This is the deep stuff. Somebody asked us one time, we should do a VBS for adults. It just happened. Don't mistake simple for shallow. You want to know what your kids did, the kids of this church did this week? Every single day they invited their friends. That's deep. One kid couldn't think of a friend to invite, and his parents don't go to church, so he went home and he invited his mom, and she came the next day to VBS. Your kids filled up this prayer wall, this prayer cross over here. If you haven't gone over, look at that after the service. Those prayers are deep, and they're simple, and they're powerful, even if I'm praying for my dead dog or something like that, right? They're powerful. They're deep because kids are being real and they're pouring. They filled dozens of baggies and they brought dozens of little hygiene products to be, to be filled for people that need it here in town. According to Jesus, that's deep. 
it's deep when we go from just talking about loving others to being a church that does it. And that's why it doesn't end here with Vacation Bible School. You might think it's like, oh, well, VBS, you know, Pastor John is done for another year, so let's close up shop. We had our big party. We had our big event. So let's just move on and get back to real life, right? The problem is that's not how Jesus did ministry. Jesus didn't helicopter in and say, good luck with your sin. See ya, right? John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Let me translate. Jesus moved into the neighborhood and he stayed. That's our call as a church is to be fully present in the city, to come and to stay. Because ministry is not just in the big events, it's in the streets, it's in relationships. It's sitting on the curb with kids and listening to them cry and hearing their stories. We stay. We don't just go on mission, we stay. And so we're going to continue that in three key ways. I want to challenge you with three ways that we can continue to love kids after VBS in our city. Number one is the school supply drive. You've heard about it. You know that there are kids that will go back to school that don't have what they need to go back to school. What you may not know, now that we have kids ourselves in the public school system, there are teachers that are paying out of their own pocket for school supplies because kids don't have it. Let's bless, we have dozens of teachers here in our church. Let's bless them. Like, just take every single one. Don't even give the 11 o'clock service a chance. Just take every single one, right? Just, just grab a baggie, grab a school supply list. They're online if you need them as well. But number two, it's Hope Kids. We do VBS all throughout the year. And it's every single Saturday night and every single Sunday. And last fall, we added Hope Kids on Saturday night because the growth of our young families and our kids. They need adults in their life. And I'm just going to say this. They need men. They need women too, but somewhere along the line, we believe this lie that Sunday school is for the ladies and then the men are like parking lot attendants or something, right? Which is really important as well. Kids need godly men to look at and say, that's what I want to be like when I grow up. It's not just for the ladies, it's for everybody. Multiple kids this week, in all of everything we did in this party, you know what their favorite part was? Their shepherd. You, you were their favorite part. You showing up. It's not VBS once a year, it's you. And so we want to ask you, say, would you, would you volunteer once a month? And it's not about filling a hole, it's about giving your kids and grandkids the best gift that you can give them. I've never met a parent that doesn't want to give their kids the very best. If you want to give your kids, your grandkids, the very best, give them Jesus. Not a little bit of happiness, not a new toy, not YouTube. Give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. That's what they need more than anything else. Give them Jesus, the life-changing love of Jesus. This isn't a one-time thing. We do this the whole year. And I could go off, and it's a whole other sermon. The statistics are overwhelming. Over 90% of kids that worship weekly, that their parents make it a priority, go on to keep that faith as they go on out of high school, to continue to stay active in their faith. Make weekend worship a priority. Invest in your kids. Give them Jesus. But it's bigger than that. It doesn't end with the kids that are already here. There are thousands of kids in our neighborhood that will never step foot inside these walls. And so this past week, we picked a whole bunch of them up. We had about 30 kids just from right around here in our neighborhood that because of family situations or economic situations or whatever it is, their parents will never come here. And yet, 
the kids came and the one thing that these kids and your kids all have in common, they're God's kids. And if you ever doubt the impact of Vacation Bible School, on Thursday night, one of our volunteers noticed there was a young boy hiding behind the bus that they get picked up on, clinging to the bus because he didn't want to leave. It was Thursday night and he wasn't going to be able to come back on Friday. He said, my family's going on a trip and I don't want to miss the last day of VBS. And sometimes I just wonder, and I think this is a good challenge for us, are we as passionate about reaching kids as kids are passionate to get here? Last night at our Saturday night service, we thought, oh, we got, you know, 15 or 20 kids. All of a sudden, 15 minutes late into the service, whole whole bunch of the kids from our neighborhood here walked a couple miles down because they didn't want to miss singing for you. Are we as passionate about reaching kids as they are passionate about getting here? And so in a couple weeks, we're going to start our fifth year of Wiz Kids. And we're going to teach them literacy, and we're going to teach them about Jesus, and we're going to sing songs, and we're going to have meals. And like I said, it's an awesome opportunity for you to get involved and to continue the mission of Vacation Bible School with these kids that may never, with their family, step inside the walls of this church. That doesn't mean that God loves them any less. It doesn't mean that. And so we're going to go after them. It's not a one-time thing. And this little boy behind the bus, Emmanuel, <laughs> we hadn't met him before, and he's going to come to WizKids, and he's wondering, is this like a one-time party that you guys do once a year? Like, what about the rest of the year? Come on Wednesday night and check it out. It's for that one kid. And I'll close with this. I was reminded of a story. This has nothing to do with VBS, but it has everything to do with VBS. There's a mom that brought her kid to VBS that told me this story. This happened just a couple weeks ago. She got a message from one of her close friends that had about a six-month-old baby, and they were on a, a vacation. They were on this huge cruise, this cruise liner. And about a week into the cruise, they're out in the middle of the ocean. They're out in the middle of the sea. And their little girl, Hannah, this six-month-old baby, gets terribly ill. And at first, they think it's just the, the flu, but then they find out it's some sort of rare, rare bacterial condition. And there's not a lot of medical support on the cruise, and they're trying to do the best that they can and meet those needs, but she's really getting sick, and she needs to be in the ICU. There's not one on a cruise ship hundreds of miles from civilization. And so she's holding her little girl to try to make it through the night. And the mom said this one morning, she needed to be in the ICU, but we kept her going. I wept in the doctor's arms on the boat and thanked them for keeping Hannah alive for one more night. And I just keep praying that we'll find a way to get her help. And then she said the next morning, the captain of the ship announces to the entire 5,000 passengers on board that we would be rerouting their vacation plans, that we would be completely changing the path of the ship and diverting the ship to the next largest city all for my little Hannah because there's one kid 
there's one kid on board that needs help. And if we don't change our course, if we don't drop all of our agendas and our assumptions and our ideas of what you thought your little nice vacation was going to be like, this girl's not going to make it. And so we're changing. And we went in the complete opposite direction and we docked the next morning. And she said, as they walked off this massive cruise liner that completely hijacked 5,000 people's vacation plans that they spent thousands of dollars for, they stood and the passengers of the crew of that cruise ship lined the dock and cheered for them and prayed for them and hugged them and encouraged them as she clung to her little girl and they got off as quick as they could to go to the nearest hospital. And I cannot help but think, <laughs> that's VBS. No, 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 deeper than that. That's the church. That's a picture of what it means to be the church. To maybe leave the 99 to find the one. To put our own preferences and agenda aside, as we're fond of saying around here. To unapologetically compete for the hearts of our kids and students. That's why we do what we do. And it's not just to rescue a little girl to give her a few more years on this earth. What we're doing is that we're changing kids' lives for eternity. Jesus is changing kids' lives with his love. And the least we can do, I mean, turn a cruise ship around, whatever, it's your vacation. The least we can do is decorate our entire building like a giant Lego box. The least that we can do is volunteer a few hours a month to help out with Hope Kids on the weekend or Wiz Kids. The least that we can do is come and check out what Wiz Kids is all about because nothing is more important. We lay our agendas aside, we lay our preferences aside, and we say maybe just for one week out of the year, we can just have some joy, we can just have some fun, and remember that life is so fast. Stop and breathe it in. Stop and breathe in the goodness of God because it is worth celebrating. Nothing is worth celebrating more. Amen? So that's why we're doing what we're doing, and that's why we're having a party today, and that's why we're having games and inflatables, and that's why we worship. So I want to invite you to stand wherever you're at, and let's sing of the goodness of God. With me in the rising sun, with me in the rising sun.